spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Did you hear the headline in the news feed right before the program began? Russia claims U.S. planned alleged drone attack on Kremlin as Ukraine's civilians suffer retaliation. The lead says Russia attacked several Ukrainian cities with explosive drones overnight, though Ukraine said Thursday that it had managed to shoot most of them down. Russia called the attack payback for what it claims was an alleged attempt by Ukraine to attack the Kremlin in Moscow using drones on Wednesday. The Kremlin claimed the attack was an attempt by Ukraine to assassinate President Vladimir Putin. And on Thursday morning, Russia's government accused the U.S. of planning it. Perfect fodder for the former Supreme Allied commander of NATO, Admiral James Stavridis, for more information about the Admiral, make sure you visit his website, which is AdmiralStav.com. Follow him on social at Stavridis J. Admiral, what perfect timing for your weekly appearance. What do you make of this incident? Well, first of all, let's stipulate we don't know with certainty, but I'll give you some good percentage kind of things to think about, Michael. Uh, I think it's about a 70, 75 percent chance that This is a so-called false flag operation that Russia uh, staged this, uh, and they did it, if that is correct, they did it in order to kind of rally the population in advance of their Victory Day parade over the next couple of days, and secondly, to create a justification for even more airstrikes against Ukraine. You know, as Putin loses the land war, he's going to turn more to the air, much as he did in Syria. So I'd say that's about a 75 percent chance. There's a 20 percent chance it's perhaps some kind of uh, Ukrainian movement inside Russia. I'd put it less than a 10 percent chance that uh, Kiev, that the Ukrainian government actually launched this attack. It, It does them no good. So what would be the point? If, in other words, if it were Ukraine, wouldn't you also expected it to have been more robust than what we saw in that footage? Exactly. I mean, that was a Keystone Cops level attack, if you could even call it that. And if you look closely at that video, by the way, there appeared to be two human beings up on top of that drone, uh, excuse me, on top of the dome at the Kremlin. Then you see this ersatz explosion. The whole thing looks very amateur hour. If the Ukrainians had gone seriously after Putin, just for starters, they wouldn't have attacked the Kremlin. That's not where Putin actually lives. 
So I, I just think it's very unlikely. And by the way, just to pick up the obvious point, the idea that the U.S. was involved, preposterous. And believe me, if we had been involved, the results would have been different. You know, just yesterday I told the story about how a son of mine, and you met him, had obtained a master's degree in, in international security and once was given an assignment write a paper on where Kim Jong-un sleeps tonight based on open source <laughs> intelligence, which I thought was fascinating, but you just yeah. raised it. Where does Vladimir Putin sleep? <clears throat> he, uh, like all dictators who worry, he kind of moves around. He's got an official residence that is well outside the Kremlin. He has a dacha uh, well outside of Moscow. All these are very well-defended sites. Uh, he does not live in the Kremlin any more than Joe Biden lives in the U.S. Capitol building. Do we warn the Ukrainians? Do we have a policy that says we're giving you these these armaments of war, but we don't want you using them within Russia and certainly not in Moscow? Indeed, we do. And I'm quite confident that Ukrainians are abiding by our wishes in that regard because they know if they overtly started launching attacks into Russia, which, believe me, they would love to do, but they know that would cause us to pull back our support because, hey, what we really don't want here is a, a world war between Russia and the West. And down that path, you know, giving Ukraine green light to strike targets in Russia, down that path, a a much more serious global confrontation could lie. So, yes, we we pull back at the Ukrainians and I'm I'm I believe they follow our advice on that. Do they have weapons that can reach the Kremlin? <clears throat> yes, they do. Um, but they are, again, uh, not inclined to use those because they know it would be uh, just uh, a form of irritation against the Kremlin. Uh, it would lead to further uh, enhanced conflict between Russia and NATO. I don't think that's in uh, anybody's interest at this point. So let's hope Putin uh, does not uh, really unleash his air force on Ukraine. That's kind of my concern here is if this is a false flag, it could be used to justify a Syrian-level bombing campaign against Ukraine. Putin would lose planes. That's why he hasn't done that so far. But over time, he could really grind down several Ukrainian big cities. That would be very dangerous for Ukraine. Does it also fit with your 70, 75 percent likelihood that it was a false flag, the fact that it's the Russians, it's Putin who did publicize this. In other words, if it legitimately oh, yeah. were Ukraine and it was this small-scale drone attack that's kind of a blip on the radar when you look at the video, maybe the embarrassment would have caused them to want to keep it silent. I agree. And um, if you also look at the sequence of videos here, first there's the big pop-and-flash video, and then there's like a pause for some number of minutes, and then three also very amateur-looking videos come out. It, it really feels like a, a staged campaign. Uh, as those videos roll out, then it kind of starts hitting the Western media. So I continue to believe this has a, a, a fakey look about it. Okay, but on the other side of that argument, 
it does expose some vulnerability, right? So there's a bit of an embarrassment factor here for Putin, because if he's saying it was Ukraine, well, if I'm if I'm a Russian loyalist, aren't I saying, my God, how were they able to actually explode a drone over the Kremlin itself? Yeah, I think that's all fair uh, commentary. Um, I would say that in, in Putin world, what your highest order good right now is, is to whip up the sentiment of Russian street opinion and an explosion over uh, your capital dome, if you will. That gets people's attention. And I think he, Putin, will use that to kind of leverage Russian public opinion. And he'll say, um, well, we're not really vulnerable. We shot it down. Look how good our air defenses are. But look at those Ukrainian evildoers, those Nazis in Kiev, how they dare to strike at the heart of the Rodina, the Russian motherland. I think that's how he'll play it. And unfortunately, because he controls almost all the sources of information, that'll play with some crazy logic in the Russian population. Final subject for Admiral Stavridis. Thanks, as always, for being so gracious with your time. A big picture observation. It seems, and I've said this to you before, like there's a dance going on here where we're arming the Ukrainians, we're funding the Ukrainians, but we we draw a line. We don't want them to go too far. And I come back to this time and again. Why? What would be wrong with them bombing the Kremlin? What would be wrong with them assassinating Putin? If, in fact, we really want them to win, why don't we unleash them? Because if we did that, and they started bombing targets in Russia and uh, mounted a serious assassination attempt against Putin, then you're into very unpredictable territory in terms of Russian responses to include potentially a tactical nuclear weapon. The ground truth in all this, unfortunately, is that Russia is a very well-armed nuclear power. And therefore, we need to be cautious and careful as we move along. But hey, bottom line, Michael, Um, You and I have had this conversation. I am for giving the Ukrainians even more, uh, particularly combat jets, but better uh, cruise missiles, better capability. Give them the kitchen sink, but tell them, keep it inside the borders of Ukraine. I think that's prudent policy. Your website is AdmiralStav.com. Folks should follow you on social at StavridisJ. Admiral Stavridis, thank you so much for your time as always. Perfect day to have you here. Uh, And I'll see you in Philly, I think, next week. I I hope so. Yeah, thank you, Admiral. Appreciate that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's not not always that we begin right off the bat with a guest, but just perfect timing to go from what is, I think, the number one news story of the day into a weekly appearance by Admiral Stavridis. Today's poll question at Smirconish.com. Okay, and and now we're, we're armed to answer it. No pun intended, or maybe pun intended. You heard him say that, his likelihood is 70, 75 percent. It was a false flag. The lowest likelihood that it really was Ukraine seeking to do this, maybe within Russia, a pro-Ukrainian group. But what I heard him say is the likelihood that you know Zelensky asked for this to take place, ordered this to take place is very small. Why? Because it's not in his best interest. Because it doesn't look like what you'd expect if Ukraine really were behind it. Maybe it's setting up a spring offensive. Maybe it's setting up air power from Russia now being used in a way that it hasn't been used previously. You heard all of his comments. And then at the end, you also heard me saying to him, why why are we in this elaborate dance? 
Like, are we or are the Ukrainians in it to win it? And if they're in it to win it, doesn't it mean expanding beyond the borders of Ukraine? What would be wrong? Assuming the admiral's correct, for what it's worth, I think he probably is. Assuming that he's correct, that it is an elaborate false flag so that Putin can engender support at home that right now is lacking, and maybe because he wants to now launch retaliatory, quote-unquote, retaliatory strikes, retaliation for something he probably initiated himself, what would be wrong if it were Ukraine? Dropping a drone on the Kremlin, notwithstanding that Putin probably doesn't sleep there, but in an effort to try and take out Vladimir Putin. Today's poll question, and there's already very heavy voting on it, Should Ukraine try to eliminate Putin? We had a a bit of this dialogue yesterday. Now we know a lot more. And and you've got Russia right before my coming on the air today, amping this up by saying, hey, the U.S. planned it. I'd like to think that if we planned it, it would have been more successful than it was. And and that you, you also heard the admiral say it's it's as likely that he slept there as Joe Biden sleeps in the Capitol. It's just not where, you know, he bunks. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. James, you get to go first in Winston-Salem. You heard the admiral. What's your opinion in terms of the whole issue of how far Ukraine should go relative to Putin? I think they should take him out any way they can and possibly. If they cut the head off, the body will die. 
He's the leader of this country. He's a dictator. You kill him, and the war ends. Why would you not do that? So I guess the response would be because you fear the retaliation, the way in which it would take it to a new level, acknowledging that we are in an elaborate dance right now where there are limits to how far we'll go. Well, we know it's not going to stop the way it is, so why don't we, I, I would say, kill him, and it won't end. He's the leader of the country, and he's the one that supports this. I've heard numerous uh, news agencies say the people of Russia do not support this, so if they kill Putin, they can stop the war. What, I, what else? Otherwise, they're going to lose their country. They got nothing. Nothing after that. I don't know how. I don't know how we can get good intel on what would be the reaction of the Russian people. I remember in the immediate, in the immediate aftermath of the Iraq invasion. When there were toppling images of Saddam Hussein and seemingly there were people cheering in the street and throwing their shoes uh, at, at the idolatry for Hussein. Like you thought, hey, yeah, this is really cool. This is what they wanted. We've helped them out. We're spreading democracy. And then, oh, then it kind of took a turn. I don't think the people of Ukraine should worry about what the people of Russia think. They need to stop the war. Got it. James, thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Ronnie, you're in Ashburn, Virginia. Thinking what today? Good morning, Michael. Um, Hi. I think this is I think this is a false flag operation. And I say that because, in my opinion, this war ends in only one of two ways. Either Vladimir Putin is dead or deposed or Vladimir Zelensky is dead. And frankly, I don't think this was a Ukrainian attempt to kill Vladimir Putin. There are more effective ways of doing it. I do think that this is an excuse for the for the Russian military and the Russian government to say, you know, we've been restrained. We haven't actually tried to kill Vladimir Zelensky, but now all bets are off. My gut tells me that if Putin wanted to take out Zelensky, he could much more easily do so than the reverse. And that in the same way that Admiral Stavridis confirmed that we put limitations on how far Ukraine can go into Russia. I believe that Putin himself has made a calculated decision not to try and take out Zelensky for fear of what the West would then do. It's it's in furtherance of this concept that I have that both sides are fighting with an arm tied behind their back. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no expertise to offer that other than a lot of reading. Yeah, so... Um, my wife is Russian, and she calls there quite a bit. Mm. Uh, she's got, you know, a number of friends there. And I can tell you that there are a lot of people there who are pretty irritated with Putin. But uh, even here, a lot of Russian immigrants are irritated with Putin. But for the most part, while they're against the war, they're not against Putin. Those those who are not against Putin, who are against the war, are where? Here or in Russia? They're ex- expats oh. or they're there? No, not we're not talking about American citizens there. We're talking Russian immigrants here. Got it. And as well as Russian population. Yeah, we I've got several friends here who are several oh, family acquaintances where where they're they're clearly pro-Putin still. Look, there's a there's a, a a facet of human nature that I don't quite understand about a draw that many have to autocrats. Uh, I, so it, that does not that does not surprise me. Thank you, Ronnie. I appreciate it. Savannah, Georgia, is where Paul is standing by. Hi, Paul. What thoughts do you have? I think that Ukraine should bomb the hell out of, <laughs> of, of, of Russian targets 
and and take Putin out too. In other words, where where Ukraine is so quick to say in the last twenty four hours, no, 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 that wasn't us. Instead, they ought to be doing exactly this. Absolutely. And you don't fear that if they were, then all of a sudden it really does become a nuclear conflict. You take out Putin, whoever is next in line, maybe it's Medvedev, I don't know, drops a nuclear bomb in retaliation. Well, I I guess we'll just, just have to take that chance. That's Thank you, sir. I have a good day. Have a good day okay. in Savannah, Athens, Ohio. Hi, John. Hey, Michael. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's always interesting when people who don't think about game theory start to opine on what ultimately should be happening in the foreign policy context. All you have to do is, is think about what would happen if the shoe were on the other foot, right? The United States and Ukraine both know that if they decide that they want to start assassinating leaders with whom we have disagreements, we know where it ends. It ends in massive chaos and massive disruption. And so both sides recognize that. And so I think there's no way that the U.S. or Ukraine was behind this. And it was almost so weak that it defies yeah. logic that, that any right. believe it. That's what I mean. That's what I thought. And what I said to the admiral, it's, it's almost like uh, somebody set a firework off over the Kremlin. <laughs> it does. I mean, it doesn't even look like any damage was done to the dome. Exactly. It was it was a, a sore, a sorry excuse for a false flag is really what it was. I'm really I'm really interested in uh, we'll never know or at least we won't know until he's gone. But I'm really interested in the back of the house with Putin. Where does he sleep? How, what are his movements? How does he get shifted around the whole family that he has or however many family? Does he still have that gymnast as a as a liaison? I, I believe so. You mean his girlfriend? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what what goes on there. Yeah. I'm just intrigued by the life of a dictator at that level. Uh, gang, there's lots of voting on this. I hope you're a part of it. Otherwise, I hope you'll vote now. Should Ukraine try to eliminate Putin? This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a lightning round. Here we go. Andy in Detroit, you most wanted to say what? I preface this with I believe that it was not a U.S. operation, but where does this arrogance come from that if the U.S. had anything to do with this, we would have been successful? I mean, we failed at Bay of Pigs. We failed in Somalia. We failed in Tora Bora. We failed in Pick Your African Nation that we have tried to displace a general, and it's it's still the same. The the wars still rage on. The, the chaos still rages on, whether we take out a leader or not, or if we fail an operation or not. It doesn't really change anything without the culture within the country we are trying to help liberate or anything uh, change. Uh, I guess. uh, Okay. Yeah, please go ahead to the side note and then we'll keep moving. Ian Anderson and Iron Maiden should get into the Hall of Fame well before Peter Frampton. You know, shame on me that yesterday I talked about Peter Frampton without a tip of the hat to Ian Anderson, who I just interviewed a week ago. Did you happen to hear that, Andy? He is an amazing man. His music is awesome, and philosophically, uh, he's a little difficult to listen to, but philosophically, the words he says were amazing. I mean, the guy is just inspirational. I must tell you, as one who's uh, interviewed many a politician, and I've never said this about a politician in 30 years, but I will say it about Ian Anderson. I found him a bit intimidating. It's intimidating to enter. Yeah, he is such an intellect. I feel like he's just playing it several levels and i'm just stumbling along and trying to read the liner notes but i i i loved the conversation thank you for that uh, andy i loved the conversation if you missed it it's on my youtube channel you can watch the video he really doesn't look into the camera but if you want to not only listen but see ian anderson of jethro toll fame and andy's totally right there are so many on that list i ran the list today it's in the smirconish.com newsletter as well as some of the snubs but it's not it's not the list I would have written of who deserves to get in there. Of course, Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And of course, Peter Frampton does. Brian, you're in Waterloo, Georgia. What did you most want to say? Hey, Michael, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, sure. I love listening. Uh, it would be prudent not to kill Putin. The problem lies in the Russian people themselves. 
and somebody else would just come up behind him. Uh, I support Ukraine fully. You dropped, you, but you made the you made the point that you thought somebody else would fill the shoes. That was the point that you made. You know, you remind me. I'm going to be a name dropper again now. One of the more fascinating things about the night that I spent eight hours in the company of Fidel Castro is that I believed communism. This goes back to 2001, January of 2001. I believe the communism was a young man's game and that when Castro is out of the way, like, you know, you're going to have some young bucks who are pro-democracy to replace him. And what surprised me was that the night that I was there with him and this was in an intimate setting, he was surrounded by some very young aides, just eager to sort of carry on the mission. I assume it's the same with Putin. Todd, you're in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hi, what did you want to say? Hey, Michael. So my first instinct when thinking about Ukraine taking out Putin was, yeah, let's do it, right? Take, take him out. I mean, this is a fight. It's war. If we can strike a death blow, um, cool, do it. But then after thinking about it, um, I changed my mind. And I really think that Ukraine shouldn't take out Putin for this reason. Number one, I think that right now the world views Ukraine as a, a victim, rightly so. And I think that potentially taking out Putin could change the framing and make the world kind of or, or a part of the world view Ukraine as doing something like crossing a, um, a, a line. The other thing is that I think that if they do take out Putin, that it just opens up this opportunity for um, Russia to create spin and to paint Ukraine as, again, crossing that line. And right. so we I lose, think that Ukraine, you know, we lose our white hat. We lose our white hat. We lose our good guy exactly. status. If that, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate consideration. What happens to support around the globe if all of a sudden that's the way it ends? You're you're right, Keith. You're in San Antonio, Texas. Greetings. What are you thinking? Hey, yeah, forty five percent are here. Uh, I think a lot of people have uh, addressed the point pretty clearly and pretty well. That uh, not to go too Donald Rumsfeld on it, but there are a lot of unknown unknowns involved with regime change, in particular with Russia and what kind of behaviors are actually incentivizing. And so without fully understanding the consequences, potential miscalculation or escalation that would come from an action like that, I am absolutely not in favor of military intervention and how that might pressurize some of the decision-making or choices that are now compelled. But you had brought up the point earlier, which I thought was exactly right. Trust your intuition. These are combatants with arms tied behind their back. And I think that's deliberate. That's because war inherently is a political thing. And so you have to be cognizant of who is both your foreign and your domestic audience. A previous caller had mentioned how immigrants in the United States and citizens within Russia both like Putin but aren't necessarily exactly in favor of the war. So that is the fine line Putin has to navigate to do just enough to try to achieve his political objectives without alienating the base and support that he needs. And Keith, so anything I, that we would do to disrupt that kind of equilibrium is, is probably not appropriate. I'm not enough of a, a student of history to know, but my gut tells me that there were no hands or arms behind any back in World War II, as evidenced by the way in which we brought it to a close. Well, I would say that uh, there were, but what happens is the dynamism of conflict over time, right, those objectives change. And because you are the one that has tied your own hand behind your back, 
how long it stays there and in what position it is, is completely up to you. And the more costs are imposed upon you, like with a military intervention, the less inclined you are to keep your arm back there. So that's just more uh, uh, reason not to escalate the conflict. All very well stated. Make sure you're all voting at Smirconish.com on this poll question, not just thinking about it, but casting a ballot. For, for the few who are not yet registered for the daily newsletter, kindly register. And maybe you'll forward it to a friend on a day like today when it's just chock full of good content. Charles, Laredo, Texas, what are you thinking? Hey, Michael. By the way, love the newsletter. You know I love so- hearing that. Thank you, sir. No problem. Um, So what I've been thinking is that by Russia claiming that these drones were a Ukrainian attack, they're also admitting that their air defense network was incompetent enough to allow multiple hostile aircraft to penetrate over 250 miles into their airspace. So if they're telling the truth, that's actually admitting to having a lot of egg on their face. Well, I brought that point up to Stavridis. I said they had to have made a calculation that they were willing to take the embarrassment to launch the false flag, because as you're pointing out, by definition, it means something was able to reach the Kremlin itself. Yeah, it almost seems like it's their own version of the spy balloon flying over our airspace. Yeah, if it were true. I mean, if it were true, then it would be. Yes, then it would be the equivalent of a spy balloon. You're absolutely right. John, Atlanta, you most wanted to say what? Yeah. Hi, Mike. Uh, listening to the calls of people, it's like uh, the propaganda is really working. It's like everybody <laughs> in this country has a chip inside their brain. But uh, do you know that the, the United States is occupying 30 percent of Syria? Why is their sovereignty doesn't seem to count for anything? What about Panama? What about Grenada? What about Cuba? What about all the countries we've invaded? They're Apparently, their sovereignty doesn't mean a damn thing, does it? Would you put Iraq and Afghanistan on that list as well? Iraq, absolutely. And Afghanistan, after 19 years... I I mean, I well, not anymore, but I I understand the point. I mean, this is one of the reasons why it's become such a, a rallying cry for Republicans. You know, Rand Paul, not alone anymore. Linda... Canton, Georgia, most wanted to say what? Okay, I know time is short. I think we should take Putin out, and we should have done it a long time ago. He's been killing people, innocent people, for years, and it's high time he met his maker. I love it, it that it's I love it that it's short and sweet for a lightning round. David, you're in Wisconsin. You're going to be my final hitter on this. Okay, I'll make it brief. Mike, picture this. A guy moves into your neighborhood, nice neighborhood. He starts selling drugs to the kids in the neighborhood. You go to the police and you say to the police, this is what's happening. They go, we know, but we just can't do anything about it. It gets worse. He starts having other people over. So you either sell your house and move out or you get together with the good people in the neighborhood and say, we got, we're going to take this guy out. It's that simple. You don't overthink it. And there you go. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, sir. All right, that's it. Go vote. Uh, that is the question at Smirconish.com. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. 
Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.